Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Death Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. I am having a banner podcasting day today, as I've just, at the time of this recording, come off a recording with the Super Bracket Bros. I was a guest on their episode that discusses Juliana Blake from Deathloop against Cable from Deadpool 2 although admittedly from other places as well. Super Bracket Brothers runs a bracket every season where they pit fictional characters from games, movies, TV shows up against each other to see who comes out on top. Jay and Eli have a great setup over there, so if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd urge you to jump over and check out Super Bracket Bros. There's a link in the show notes, and if you wait a few days, you'll also hear me on that show. As for video game news, we came out of the gates hot this week, and it's kind of petered off into very little. So we'll cover off a few of the quick ones today so that you have some interesting tidbits of conversation for your next dinner party. This is your transfer from the 29th of September, 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. The Australian game studio Mighty Kingdom, that released the recent game Conan Chop Chop, has announced that they'll be undertaking some cost-saving measures after a big reported net loss. Now, these cost-saving measures involve a number of employees that are full-time staff being laid off from their administrative and development teams. Reporting states that it's after an internal reviews that they are looking for cost-saving measures, but also that the communication and accountability throughout the process are being met with positivity, which is a far side from some of the layoffs we've heard about in the gaming journalism industry over the last couple of weeks. Just for context, Mighty Kingdom reported a net loss of $10.9 million on a revenue of $4.9 million for the fiscal year ending June 30. Essentially, it means they were operating at a loss, so they need to trim some extra stuff to save some money, which makes sense from a business perspective. And hearing that this could be a happy time for the employees involved is a little bit unusual, at least in my experience. Contrary to the speculation over the Silent Hill franchise over the last few months, it seems that a new Silent Hill game, The Short Message, has been raided recently in Korea. As you know, on this podcast, I don't like to add any information that I'm not sure about, or at least doesn't add value. And to be honest, there isn't a whole lot of value to add here. There is a lot of speculation and rumors about what The Short Message as a game could be, who is in development of the game, but we do know for sure that at the very least, a new Silent Hill game is coming soon. But if you would like to start your journey down the rabbit hole, check out the article that I've got linked in the show notes. It seems that Disney is going all in on Star Wars game development. The publisher has been very open in saying that it wants at least two Star Wars games per year, one AAA game and one smaller game as well. This aligns quite closely with what we already know about the games that are currently in development or planning to be released shortly from the Star Wars franchise. This includes the follow-up to Jedi Fallen Order from Respawn, Star Wars Eclipse, developed by Quantic Dream, the unnamed Star Wars game as Amy Hennig's next project, and more untitled games currently in development 
from Respawn and Ubisoft. While it sounds like a tall order, it seems that Lucasfilm is on board for the plans, and I'm sure will be working hard to make sure that these games and these expectations are met. And who knows? In a couple of years, seeing all the fanfare around the Andor TV series recently released, maybe there will be a game adaptation based on the TV show. You never know. The gaming world seems to have given a big hearty guffaw, as there is a rumour currently around that Far Cry 6 has an expansion coming, as well as a Game of the Year edition. The game having come out to very little fanfare and being just another Far Cry game, it seems hilarious that they would make a Game of the Year edition when it didn't really make any Game of the Year lists. And yet, if you enjoy Far Cry games like I do, then you probably will be excited to hear that an expansion will be coming that will be bundled with this Game of the Year edition, but it is still just currently a rumour. And if you haven't tried a Far Cry game yet, I would highly recommend giving Far Cry 4 a go. Not only is the gameplay pretty tight, but the antagonist, Pagan Min, is an incredibly funny character. And yes, Troy Baker voices that guy too. Following a previous leak, Microsoft has unveiled a mineral camo Xbox Series X and S controller. Now priced at $70 USD, if you'd like to lose a controller in your living room somewhere, as long as that room hasn't been updated since the 1970s, then this might be the controller for you. And yes, this is a very slow news week. Netflix is stepping up its game development game by establishing a studio in Helsinki. This is the first studio it is making from scratch as opposed to just acquiring a pre-existing studio and they have hired Marco Lastica as the studio director. He has 19 years experience across the mobile gaming space, being part of Digital Chocolate and Electronic Arts before he worked at Zynga as a VP and general manager. This could mean we aren't just getting into the breach ports for Netflix only. If they're starting to build their own IP, it could mean that some of the games that they're making will be perfectly suited for the platform. And in case you are curious and haven't been following, Night School Studio, Boss Fight Entertainment, and Next Games are the other three studios that have been acquired by Netflix in the last little while. In breaking news, Skull and Bones, the pirate seafaring game from Ubisoft has been delayed into 2023. This is the fifth delay that it's experienced, and it seems that all their marketing over the last two weeks has resulted in a game that is a little bit shallow, so they need a bit more time to try and bulk it out a little bit. The comfort with which they are announcing this delay should be a sign of good times. We do want to see studios come out and be successful with the best possible game that they could make, which they can't do if they don't have the time to make it the best product that it could possibly be. Now Ubisoft will always be Ubisoft, but when it does release, which at this stage is March 9th, 2023, hopefully we can look back and go, yep, they made the right decision in delaying this game a little bit further. There is a headline at the moment flying around about how Marvel has announced in an industry interview that they don't intend for the games to contribute to the MCU. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the case, but it's a bit misleading. It seems that in the interview with gamesindustry.biz that Bill Roseman, a Marvel exec, was setting the record straight, especially with all the games announced for release, Iron Man, Black Panther, and Wolverine, that while they won't contribute to the MCU, this is more to ensure that these games are able to tell their story and not be impacted by currently existing plot points from other films or games. The example given in the article that I've got here from Eurogamer 
is that we don't want to say you can't blow up the moon because this game over here by another studio needs the moon. This sounds like a good move, especially considering everything we hear about Star Wars and how much consultation goes on with the story and the in-game or the movie universe to make sure that nothing collides. And finally, over the last few days, there's been a couple of headlines flying around about the US Department of Homeland Security getting a $700,000 grant to allow research into extremism in gaming. Now, this is one of those headlines you can jump on top of and misconstrue in a number of ways. What it seems like it's doing is investigating gaming as a way for extremist groups to consolidate and communicate and gather in a way that I presume they think is not observed by the authorities. This isn't just about infringing privacy. This is a legitimate study that's being conducted as a joint venture between Middlebury Institute's Center on Terrorism, gaming mental health nonprofit Take This, and logically, a company attempting to solve the problem of bad behavior online. So as you can see, it's not necessarily as bad as you think. When you read the headline, you might be thinking how they are going to find ways to indoctrinate and radicalize people through games, but instead it's quite the opposite. It's more to target groups such as white nationalist and white supremacist groups that have apparently found their way into gaming communities to do the wrong thing. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. If this is your first episode, welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Join us on TikTok or Instagram for even more stories. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Thank you.